I am Ohiro Oni Isele. Ruminations is the podcast in which I discuss matters of life. Kenneth and I became friends as children. Then we became too close to be friends, so we became brothers. Oh, by the way, I am not referring to my older biological brother, who is also named Kenneth. My then friend, now brother Kenneth, walked over to me in class one day and said, I'll quote him, I heard that if a mother dies when her children are still young, she shows up at night while the children are sleeping and applies some oil to their heads and faces. That was in 1971. At the time, I believed that he had been told this by someone, most likely a wise elderly African, Uh, but in retrospect, I really do not know. It is possible that he spotted on my face, or in my actions, the loneliness, pensiveness, and aloofness that children unconsciously display for a period after they lose a parent. In that case, he may have just been trying to lift me up, but I will find out only when he tells me. It has been 46 years, yes, 46 years, but I have never asked Kenneth. But here is what Kenneth's statement did for me. Because of that, I woke up and checked in the mirror every morning looking for any signs of oil on my face and head. I became increasingly assured that my mother was watching, visiting, and interceding for my siblings and me when we were asleep. Whether the declared knowledge was made up by Kenneth or factual, it was very important such an assurance statement that carried me through uncountable moments of internal grief over my mother's death. But this, post, this podcast is not about my relationship with Kenneth, how that relationship evolved from friendship into an unshakable bond of brotherhood, where we both know that we can share with one another our deepest thoughts, challenges, successes, and actions. Instead, this is about the the enviable couple in my prior podcast that I titled aptly, An Enviable Couple, My Parents, Jonathan and Irene Sele. Dead at 36, with several children left to be raised by my father, My siblings and I were told, and we believed, that our mother had gone to rest in peace in heaven. Nobody ever said any differently because everyone knew of the pious life that she had lived. But how could she rest in peace, knowing that her seven children were now without the guidance, love, support, 
the strong and steady arm and presence of a wise mother. Could she really be at peace if she knew the extent of the challenges with which her husband and the children were contending following her death? Did she know that there seemed to be no end in sight for those challenges? Think about it for a minute. Is there a mother that could ever be addressed, knowing that most of the family members that she and her husband helped to raise and supported and guided to success disappeared and abandoned her husband and children to struggle alone once she died? Well, you see, African culture has major elements of hypocrisy in it. One of the areas in which that hypocrisy comes into view is in parental loss. People who hold up African culture as the gold standard, which will mean most Africans, often present the culture as one of love, kindness, and perfection in all areas. But here is the reality. If you lose a parent as a child, the chances that you and your living parent will be abandoned by family members are extremely high. In most cases, the struggles that you must endure and the road that you must travel to succeed if you ever do are much more extensive, lonelier, and more burdensome than they otherwise would. If you doubt this to be true, I challenge you to become a child again if you could. Lose a parent and come back to tell me your experience. Otherwise, speak to a few Africans who lost at least one parent in childhood. By the way, I know this because I am African. I lost my mother as a child. Most family members all but disappeared from our lives. But thank God we were blessed with a father who had the means and never lost the determination to lead his children to success, even if he often broke down in tears because his wife and partner was forever gone. But here is my question again. Is there ever a deceased mother that would know that his children and the spouse that he left behind, if any, are suffering and still rest in peace? I doubt very much. But, well, it seems to me that to even ask these questions and wonder about their potential relevance is to presuppose or even endorse the idea that dead people can see the living and still experience the emotions that they did when they lived. But can they? Really? Or can't they? Well, since I have never died, I cannot claim to know. Instead, I think the answer depends on what we think we know instead of what we truly know to be fact. For example, 
If you have ever thought about these questions, then you have an opinion that is either based on your religious inclination, personal experience, your cultural norms, or what you have heard from other people. So we think we know because we truly do know. But we really don't know, although we think we do. But, well, back to the sensitivity of my mother. And all mothers who die young and leave young children behind. One would imagine that if they could see, then even heaven, heaven really, must be replete with young women looking down at the emotionally and physically worn-down children and spouses that are left behind, looking for ways to break through the barrier that separates them from the wall that they left, just so that they can return to rescue their children. Unfortunately, that is impossible because the road from life to death is apparently a one-way street. And we are all traveling that road. Since that is the case, I feel inclined to use this opportunity as a plea to anyone who knows of any child or children with a diseased parent to reach out and offer words of encouragement but, more importantly, any palpable assistance that such a child and his or her family may need. Words like, your mother or your father is resting in peace, are never sufficient. Even to a child, such words will be absolutely meaningless, except that they imply that a child's mother or father worked so hard mothering or fathering the child that he or she needed to die so that he or she could get some rest. Those words, as encouraging as they may sound even to the person uttering them, do not pay for the education of a child and they do not bring the dead parent back to life. My siblings and I were beyond fortunate to have the father that we had. Many children are not so fortunate. When around 1 a.m. on July 10, 1988, my father woke up because he couldn't breathe. He did so in an African town with no ambulance and no hospital. He walked to the living room of his home, sat in a sofa, sent for a neighbor to whom he said, I believe the time has come for me to meet my God. Please say goodbye to everyone. He sat there and he died. By then, my younger sister, who was only three years old when my mother died, was writing her final examination as an undergraduate in one of the country's most celebrated universities. At 71, my father had done his job. He always told us that he owed it to our mother to ensure that we were all educated. He paid that debt, and he rests in peace.